0: free. Yay. Okay. <coughs> Try not to cough into the mic. okay. Okay, how you doing, man?
1: I'm not bad. I'm not bad.
0: This is cool. So what are we doing here? We're shining. We're shining? No, we're making brandy. like a star? Brandy. We're making brandy? We're making brandy. Ooh. Like you're a fine girl, what a good wife you would be. Well, <laughs> Well, I guess like
1: most most, girls with you, you're
0: going to wake up in the morning saying, what the hell did I do? It's funny. I was literally just listening to that song on the way over here. So you've got this little contraption. First of all, I should probably uh, do our intro. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the 320 Club. Why is it called the 320 Club? That is exactly why it's called the 320 Club. You can hear the booze just being poured into this device which we're going to be turning into brandy in a minute uh because 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else we're your hosts i'm whiskey and i'm rocks okay so you got this little contraption here and it's like how big is it how many liters can you put in that uh Buy bottles of wine, okay. And you made your own wine, of course. This is all Better your is it, this is your, your own homemade stuff. Now you've got you've got uh, you're putting both red and white.
1: Well, I, I'm not harvesting the must for too much, so because I mean, if you look at high-end vinegars, they actually take wine must and add it to their wine vinegar to make it sweeter, okay.
0: Cool. <clears throat> I mean, if you make wine, this is a really good way of trying to figure out what you're going to do with the bad wine that you made. Right. Since you're going to boil the crap out of it anyway. Right. I hope none of our listeners have to pee right now and are sitting in a car or in an awkward position where they can't go to the bathroom right away. You know, the five listeners that we have. Meanwhile, I'm going to pour us a little something-something over here while we wait for this. I brought us a, a good old-fashioned Highland Park 12. It's like $10 more than a Glenfiddich 12, 12-year-old 12 uh, scotch, and I find it's much better quality. It's from the northernmost distillery in Scotland, and it's being poured right now off the Orkney Islands. And there's a cool, there's something they do special. They like, uh, with their with their grain, with their malt. I can't remember exactly what it is. I'll have to look it up. Cheers, buddy. Oh, thanks. Here's yours. Cheers. Cheers. All right, now I can sit down. I'm just going to screw with the mic real quick here. Well, we found out last time we did this, these varnish are on our table, so. Yeah, we tried to record this episode once already, and uh, we had some serious technical difficulties, and it was, uh, it kind of sucked, so we're we're kind of re-recording it right now. Last time you were making, like, pure moonshine, but we're supposed to be making brandy here. Or you were just dividing all the components up.
1: Yeah, I was dividing the heads from the hearts from the tails, and, uh. I dribbled a little bit and it literally ate the finish off the table.
0: Okay. Explain that to, to, for those who don't understand, like myself, um, heads from hearts from tails. What what are you talking about there? Well, so So you're talking about this device on the floor by us. So our
1: device is brought to you by Brugger's direct. Uh, (laughs) I paid for it. So, um, anyways, they're not, didn't sponsor us. They're not nice enough for that yet. Uh, or we're not important enough. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, little column A, little column B. So, anyways, we look at this as it's um, it's could be distilled water. It could use you can distill essential oils, but this one here is loaded with wine. And when you distill wine, you get brandy. Um, so there's there's a couple different uh, compounds in wine when you're making it. Uh, and they're diluted. The problem is when you concentrate them, bad things happen. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so wood alcohol, which is meth, uh, methyl alcohol, it will make you go blind or, and cause organ failure and all this. So we, we don't really want to drink it in a concentrated form. <clears throat> so we just don't drink it. <laughs> so we just take that away. Okay. Well, yeah, I tried to make it sound cool, but you know.
0: <laughs> Don't go blind. Don't go blind. <laughs> know what the hell you're doing do your research first. <laughs> um maybe have an engineering degree. Yeah,
1: that helps. <laughs> uh but anyways, um so all is doing right now is just, it's it's just heating and w- once the molecules have enough uh <clears throat> energy to 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 turn into vapor, they will do that. They'll go through the nice condenser coil. And end up in a cup, and then we'll further divide them. Some will be used for fire starter. Uh, some will be used for for um, make, blending with other wine to make some brandy.
0: Okay, cool. I don't know if I've ever. Really, I, I don't know if I've ever had brandy. I'm sure my grandmother gave it to me at some point.
1: Well, when I was growing up, it was it was it was nice to allow you to um, it was cough syrup.
0: <laughs> it was like cough syrup.
1: It was, well, scotch and brandy and whatever was around.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So, while we wait for this thing to start dripping out, because it's got to separate all the different components in it of this little spout you can see off of the side of this device. Maybe we'll take a picture of it or something like that. Who knows? Um... We were gonna talk about something what were we talking about last time we did this? We were talking you were talking about contracts, yeah,
1: yeah, so we're talking oh. about contracts, and <clears throat> really, it was I had just signed an apartment, and things didn't go so well after I got the lease and getting my deposit back was just misery,
0: yeah, like I think what happened this isn't like our episode on right to repair. Where you were talking about contractors who are being like shady characters and driving Escalades, this is oh, more yeah, like you—you yeah. you got into, you almost got into a contract, trying to get a new apartment or something like that, out in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, and then they tried to screw you, and I wrote down here it didn't work because he's smarter than everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's very flattering. <clears throat> um, <laughs> anyways. I, I I think when we engage in contracts, like on both sides, do some due diligence. Saying I you read the damn thing, don't just sign it. Um, There's so many things that people just slide in the, the in contracts and not tell you about. You might as well just just go through the pain of reading it, because um, if it's going to impact you, it's going to usually impact you when you're least expecting it. So, I would read it.
0: Can can I offer a counterpoint? What? Why would I read something that's based off an invented language created by lawyers that I have no understanding of? That means we all need law degrees in order to interpret what's actually being said. Because it's friggin' hard to read those agreements, man. Even just look at the iTunes user acceptance agreement. Ridiculous. Um... Well, if you don't
1: read it, it's your own peril. There, there's there's a point where you take something and you say you don't understand it and look for clarification. There's other things. Sorry, there's other things where, uh, yeah, you may not understand it fully, but at least ask the question to understand it. So, really, if if you if you don't read it, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to a learn and b f- protect yourself.
0: Yeah, but most people don't think that way and most people don't think to even ask the question that they're getting screwed over on.
1: If you actively avoid reading contracts or agreements that you're signing, you're actually not even taking the time to learn
0: the language that you're agreeing to. And lawyers and people who set up these contracts are counting on that. That's why they invented the language, to screw you over. That's why they got paid all that money. In It'll the end, your all pop, of the the it your doesn't your matter who ideals, wins and who loses, but the lawyers always win, man. Take your populist ideals and shove them somewhere. Well, the
1: it's, it's true. A, no, it's not. It is no, true. it's not. The role of the lawyer in an advocacy situation is to protect his client. No. Yes, it is. No,
0: no, I, I disagree. You
1: can disagree <laughs> all you want.
0: I know you're right in principle, but I disagree that that's what their that's what their role is, because their role is to make money. And they are very good at well, creating the, this the, own little esoteric... The role esoteric of you going to
1: work everywhere else is to make money by that definition. What's that? The role of you going to work is to make money.
0: <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Well... But I do it in different ways. Okay, like... I don't do it to... If you... There's a, there's a matter what you do... other people's pain.
1: You hate the player or you hate the game it's it's just ridiculous
0: well the game well but some would argue that the game is rigged the game is rigged against them and it's perpetuated by a system created by lawyers why mm. do you think we have so many bloody jokes like if what or what's that one joke <laughs> are you using
1: jokes to justify your position no <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely
0: i am i am why not why not why not
1: oh my goodness <clears throat> oh
0: So what are the uh, what are the what's that one joke? It's like what, um, what do you call like a thousand lawyers getting driven off a cliff? And somebody says it's a good start. Why do you think we have jokes? Why do you think William Shakespeare came up with the I came up with a I think it was in Henry the Fifth. He said the first thing we do we kill all the lawyers. It was one of his characters. Like even back then, it was a big deal. Hey, listen.
1: No one, no one likes a lawyer until they're on your side. This is true. So, listen. Just because why are
0: they on your side? Oh my goodness! Just stop for a second. Just stop. (laughs) Just
1: stop. stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a dog licking his own ass. Just, just stop. (laughs) So, fine. Then get your lawyer to read the the agreement for you and then you're on equal footing and more financially off my I guess you track. can't afford the service then. What's that? Huh? So you you you, <clears throat> can so, either okay, ac- so you can either accept the risk? No,
0: no, no, no. Well you, if I don't know what the risk is. Well, you didn't read the agreement. You're telling me that there's two options that I have. Read or don't read. <laughs> Get a law degree. No. Yes. Because no. in order to be able to interpret all of that gibberish, you basically need a law degree. Tell me I'm wrong. You need to spend lots of time and money and energy going to law school to understand the language that they're writing in so that you can understand exactly what it is, the pol- no, you're putting policies. No, you're
1: putting too much power well, in education.
0: <clears throat> i mean it, i'm putting too much power in education yes well they've put too much power in a system that they've created
1: listen read the agreement if you don't read the agreements at your own peril you can go blindly into these things you may escape sometimes but you want to escape all. okay
0: time. so say i do read the agreement okay let's take your arg- argument say i do read the agreements but i don't understand what's being said because they're written in a very, very calculated way. I have an idea.
1: What you do is you petition Google Translator to make one for legalese. To make ease. a legalese?
0: <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. That's a good idea. But you know what? Google's lawyers would get in the way. It's like, no, we can't have that.
1: But here's, here's <laughs>
0: <laughs> We can't have them knowing our language. Well, here, here's the thing.
1: Um, a lot of user agreements are becoming more and more... Um, User friendly. In fact, when when the agreements are too complicated to to, to read, pe- lawyers take that to court, saying no, there's no one on this earth could understand what they're saying. The second part is some agreements <clears throat> aren't even legal. So, for example, I was reading in Costco today uh, an article on Costco's uh, searching the bags policy. So the only there's only very few rules. That you have to follow in order to legally search someone's bag if they think they're shoplifting, and having them a listed in your membership agreement isn't one of them. So Costco's under
0: fire right now for putting something in their agreement that can't isn't a lot, legally allowed to be there. So you mean like whenever you're going through checkout and then you got all your items in your grocery cart at Costco, and they got that you know lady or gentleman at the end at the exit to Costco and they're like they're looking at your receipt and they're checking your cart to make sure everything's there and then they ask can I check your bag oh really yeah
1: so I've never
0: had that happen I haven't either but apparently it's it's, it's considered an illegal search hmm well it's you know in order to do that you just need to become the Ontario police (laughs) 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 you can get better pay (laughs) and better benefits
1: (laughs) Anyway so 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 read the agreements so that it's a clause within their within the membership agreement which isn't even legal um, Add in the fact so my particular situation I needed a small apartment to do some work in Ottawa while my family lives out their life where we're living so I'm looking for a small apartment that I can execute that and not be too far from work I can just drive in early in the morning and then stay a few nights in the week and then come back. So, I visited a group called CBL Group and they had an apartment. Oh, it is this price. Unfortunately, what happens is in their contract, the, le- the, rent, the actual rent <clears throat> wasn't the price we agreed upon. They said, so, Well, we're giving you a discount. Well, the discount only applies if there's certain rules. And the rule, If you pay it on time and you don't piss everybody off, uh, you get a discounted rate to my prescribed budget. So, essentially, if you think about that clause, the rent is h- actually higher. They have a discount clause, which they can revoke anytime they want. They essentially have a built-in penalty that isn't part of the Ontario Tennis Act.
0: Yeah. I've had run-ins with the... Uh, not run-ins, I would say. But I've come over time to understand a little bit the landlord tenants act. It's it's interesting what uh, how well protected tenants are. Um and there's it's actually not a lot of room for landlords.
1: Well this one here, the landlord was slipping things in. Yeah, they were trying to screw tenant. you. I get it. I get and, it. And and not attractive there's, there's some tenants from hell because whatever. But the, the point it. is is that you put me in a situation <clears throat> where A I apply for an apartment B, when I finally got the lease, I didn't agree with it. Mm -hmm. So now that I put a deposit on my apartment, I was trying to get out of it. Yeah. Two months out, I said, okay, I no longer want this apartment. But then they tried holding my money. Which they can't do. That's the thing. No, they legally can't. And there's several landlords that tried this and lost in court. And I found... So what I was it ended up doing was I kept sending them every time I found a news article where someone lost when they did this. You just kept. I just kept sending it to them, <laughs> and eventually they got to management because I was now determined to risk. Yeah. <laughs> and I said I'll be uh, starting my case this week. Uh, would you like to finalize this now, and just let me give my money back, or are you, you're willing to fight because I'm angry enough that I'm going to fight? Yeah. So.
0: But you're dealing with a company. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's I don't know. It's slippery when you when you deal with a company and then they incorporate, as you say, layers of bureaucracy. It's like the people whoever made up those policies gets to hide behind those layers, right? And um, even if so, take somebody who isn't as well educated or is perhaps well. Uh, read on these kinds of things as you are um and then they you know they get an idea that they're being screwed with and they try and they try and fight it up front um but they're defeated by the first layer or two of bureaucracy saying that's our policy that's our company policy but they don't know the landlord tenants act well, or anything like that right th-
1: That that's the thing so you start looking for avenues and means to gain <coughs> leverage yeah on your position you know you're not alone um As soon as you start filing complaints with the Landlord's Tennis Act, it it starts costing the business money. Yeah. So I look for ways to make it unpalatable to keep their position. Make it more expensive. Make it more cheaper for them to back out than to continue. You want to make it do it so they can save face, but make it more expensive for them to do it. And that's what I kept doing.
0: Yeah. See, that's um, when you're dealing with a company, you, you... that's a good tactic to have but when what happens when you're dealing with say an insurance company or something like that because they got deep pockets and they're willing to spend the money um, to to just wait you out and just basically and that happens all the time yeah so you I think
1: you're you're looking for a personal fight into a formal contract like a legal fight yeah there's other there's other venues along the way <clears throat> yeah so a lot of Insurance companies have options and places you can go um, to start and try and resolve at the lowest level. Hmm. Then you 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 gotta look at yeah, it, it's a b- basically a style of warfare the way you're you're going about this campaign. Um, and ironically, if you watch the movie Billions or the TV sh- the series Billions, how I haven't seen that. Is it any good? Yeah, like it's about business stuff, <laughs> of course, and politics, <laughs> of course.
0: Vote with your wallet, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but essentially, so basically, uh, basically, the characters in there it, manipulate their situation using leverage, unconventional leverages, okay. in order to some make people make a decision.
0: Hmm. Um, I just I know it's got that guy uh, who played uh, Dick Winters in uh, Band of Brothers, and Paul Giamatti's in it, isn't he? That's yeah. cool. Anyway. I guess, yeah, kind of. That was the larger question that I was kind of alluding to a little bit. Was just like. How not to get screwed? Um, you know, like how do you, how do you walk into an agreement without getting screwed? And you know, like if you have no experience and you don't, and you're reading all of these documents or whatever, all this documentation, but you don't know what to look for. Uh, you know what? I, I think <clears throat> if you're doing any anything conventional, you you you
1: got to start with consumer advocate, advocacy groups. Like, if you're buying anything over $500, bucks, you are a fool not to start looking at consumer advocacy groups. Canadian Auto, uh, Automotive Association okay. is an, was an advocacy group that can help you advocate a fair price for your vehicle and mechanics that are checked out. Um, CBC Marketplace, look to see if they've done an article on, on what you're about to buy. Um, consumer Reports is another one. What type of products are, are reputable? And then you start looking at the, the populist uh, view on things where they start looking at um, consumer reviews online. But don't just pick the first one simply because, you know, businesses pay people to start adding and posting comments that are favorable, to, favorable right? Uh, yeah. But, no, consumer advocacy group is a huge thing. Um. I, we've gone away from word of mouth, but it, it's word of mouth is another big one. Like go talk to your peers. They, we all put one leg, pa- pant leg on at a time. Um, so,
0: or listen to our podcast.
1: There are people there. No, there are people there that have probably gone through your situation. Yeah, it's report true. Report a favorable experience or an unfavorable <clears throat> experience.
0: Um, and sometimes, usually, the really unfortunate thing is sometimes it takes getting screwed over to understand how the system works. So and that's but that shouldn't, I don't know that shouldn't really happen, right? That shouldn't be the case in a perfect world, and I, which I no, I'm just like blowing smoke, that kind of shit. But you would think that there would be enough people around, especially with the technology that we have with social media and everything, that somebody would be able to just go on the internet, ask a question, and say, hey. Has anybody dealt with this issue before? How did how did it turn out? Like, what did you what did you wish you had before walking into this situation? It, it
1: goes into my my least favorite site called Reddit.
0: <laughs> your least favorite site called Reddit. Why is it your least favorite site?
1: I I think it empowers the ignorant a lot of the times.
0: But yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you don't know it's a it's a mixed bag. You don't know exactly what you're gonna get on it. That's fair. And then I, I, I have too
1: few uh, CPU cycles left uh, to filter, so I just don't look at it as a trusted source.
0: I'm just looking through my notes here, what I wrote down from the last time we recorded this. It says, how not to get screwed, how to keep things fair, what happens when what was agreed upon isn't there. So what do you do there? I think you kind of explain that a bit.
1: The main thing is also keep everything in writing. Being able to prove to someone that X was whatever was said yeah. and agreed upon will take you <clears throat> much further. So in modern day society, I make sure that I I text them. It's like oh I'm looking at someone. So uh, what's the price?
0: Yeah. And then it comes back. My neighbors actually has been having that issue with uh, their landlord. Um, that uh like landlord insists on phone calling and they've asked like you want to communicate with us text us because he shows up at um he shows up um without giving 24 hour notice and all that kind of stuff that's not cool no it's not cool and uh and there's all kinds of like shady shit kind of going on with that and uh yeah so it's just like they, they're, they're doing that. They're following that. Like keep everything in writing and that kind of stuff. And organize your files, guys.
1: I, I can't, tell, uh, can't stress that enough. And create a log when stuff comes in. When you're trying to go back and, and you're trying to build a case against somebody, you need a timeline.
0: Yeah. You got to write shit down.
1: Okay. And it, it's a straight log. It's date, time, and then the event, and then C, uh, exhibit, receipt, A. And really, when I start building these things is when I start sniffing that things are going wrong.
0: Yeah. And How would you know, though? Like, how do you know when things are going wrong? It's like you just get spider sense. <clears throat> uh, my saying is, once,
1: once is an anomaly, two is concerning, three is a pattern. So, so I got...
0: Sorry, go a little slower <laughs> into the mic. Into <laughs> <laughs> the mic.
1: So once is 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 an know, anomaly. An anomaly it's just a random event it could happen to everything. So you don't fire an employee based on the the first two, uh, the first time they're late. Two you're like, "Oh, maybe I maybe I should be more focused on what's going on here. Pay attention to what they're actu- what they're saying. See what type of paper they're sending me. Like agreements email. I really dissect it. And then is what's happening in a in uh, concur- uh incongruence with with what's what's being written down. So some people inter- loosely interpret their rules. Some people actually follow their rules. Um, so with that, and then the third time, I'm like, then I got I have a strong hypothesis that these people are not conforming to our agreement. They're out to screw me. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm not paying attention. I'm going to lose money and I refuse, I don't, I like my money so I don't like uh, giving it away to other people. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Right on. Um, what else did I put? How, uh, how and why the importance of double confirmation? I don't know. It sounds like something you would, you would do. Uh, well,
1: whenever you, you get an agreement. So again, it really goes <clears throat> to what they're saying and what's on paper it jives yeah, and then find out from a third party if, if they actually legally allowed to do whatever they're doing. So if something sounds funny, double check. Yeah, double check. It, it could they, again. Costco put unenforceable clauses in their agreement. People do that all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. The only it only makes a difference
1: when they get challenged in court.
0: Yeah, but it kind of goes back to the thing. It's like they they put unenforceable clauses in their agreements, but people like. I mean, when we had cognac on, we were saying the same things. It's like, people are like rabbits, man. They just follow the path of least resistance. It's like, okay, well, I guess I won't do that thing. Yeah, until you're, and these things really happen it, until it, you're it, accused. But, but it, that's, I guess, until you're accused or, I don't know, somebody smart enough or wise enough to um, sniff that out and say, that doesn't smell right, and then take action against it. But how many people did it got screwed over you know how many how many people did it take to screw over to get to that point? I guess. I mean, it's just what a law of averages kind of thing. Well, I, I think when you were when I you guess, put a clause, I guess in, I'm asking for a zero sum. Like, I don't want I don't want anybody to get screwed over. But it's just like you kind of can't go through life without getting.
1: Well, you're a, you're a small you're a business owner too. So, like from a Costco's perspective, like we have a shrink problem. Like, people are stealing our stuff. We're going to put a, a clause in here. And so what is unenforceable? How many people are going to complain about it? Mm-hmm. People would rather shop at Costco and submit to what's going on rather than actually fighting and saying, no, I don't agree with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it really comes down to, to what is what is the aim. I mean, I travel through enough airports, I don't really have a, a care anymore if they go through my stuff. If I, it's really dear to me, it's password protected and they're never going to get through it.
0: Hmm. I also wrote down, literacy is important. <laughs> wow, that's as revolutionary. Going back <laughs> to what you've been saying since we've been doing this, since, what, last October? <laughs> literacy is important. Yeah, it is important, except when you're reading a language that looks like English, it sounds like English, but it's created by, I don't know. Uh. I, don't, I don't have a good word other than asshole cretins (laughs) like (laughs) you look deep in thought (laughs) it's uh
1: again you, you can either take the time to understand and protect yourself you're gonna be signing agreements for your entire lifetime you start reading when you when you're younger and work through it um and if you, like, if, if you're old and you say, I'm done, well, make sure your kids start practicing how to read these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, parents who don't know how to swim, while well, they make sure their kids get swimming lessons. Yeah, for sure. So it's the same thing. Or,
0: and, or, kid, or you know, people who move into a new country and they don't speak the, the local language. You know, immigrants come into this country all the time and they don't speak the local language, but they, tell, they send their kids off to go and, uh, you know go and socialize and learn the language. And then what happens, I think Russell Peters did a good joke about this. It's like all the kids come back to their home and they've learned all the swear words and cuss words and they shout them at their parents, but their parents don't understand the the swear words. (laughs) Again, literacy is important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it, I still think it sucks that you have to, in order to not get screwed, you either have to, Learn the language yourself by, you know, deep study and just endless amounts of time trying to understand a language that I not don't No, agree. no, 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 I'm just endless saying. Endless is a pretty abstract term here. Well, it is kind of endless. Let's say the listen, to the degree that a lawyer listen, needs to learn speech? how you to watch speak a the a whole language. news
1: class. You say that's endless. What's that? I would make you watch a whole newscast. It's I'm
0: sure. Whatever. <laughs> but like I'm saying, there's either two options. You either learn the language yourself, which takes time and energy, which you may not have. Or you have to spend money to get somebody to interpret it for you so that you can understand it, which is what lawyers are. That's what they do. and And they get paid very handsomely to do that and that you and get it costs mo- let's a let's lot it- of money man yeah. so it's either you either sacrifice time or you sacrifice I'm money i'm going to put a put no it's
1: there it's it works like this there's money risk and time you can lower your risk by spending money or investing time you can lower your risk by spending little money and lots of time you can lower your risk by spending lots of money and investing little time, you can't.
0: This is a situation. But your risk is always at a certain level. The
1: risk can if be reduced. You don't
0: spend those things.
1: Your risk will always fluctuate depending on how much you want to invest time or money. Yeah. it's fun. You can go through life saying, "I have nothing. I have nothing to lose here, so I can risk everything. So I'll sign everything." Okay. That's okay. fine. Okay. But. We don't. Let's not be fooling ourselves, saying, "Well, oh, it's the role of the organization to do this." No, no, this is about protecting yourself, and it's it's no different than you going to going being street smart about con artists because they still exist. There are people looking to get your money. Yeah, they're called lawyers.
0: <laughs> lawyers work for it's companies. the biggest con ever. Well, you know who, where most of the lawyers work, right? Government oh, in government, yeah. Which is also the biggest con ever. Okay, I was thinking about this earlier today. Just squirrel chase for a second here. I was thinking about this. I was thinking, what is the difference between organized crime and government? It's like the difference, I think... Elected officials? Elected officials, okay. It's like the difference between religion... It's like the difference between religion and a cult. In In a religion... Okay, so in a cult, there's one guy or a girl or whatever, and they establish all the rules for how you're supposed to live your life. And according to Joe Rogan, a religion, that guy is dead. It's the only difference. So the difference between government... So I'm equating the difference between government and organized crime with religion and cults. (laughs)
1: Wow, I would say... Uh, false economy, Um There's a whole bunch of lot I don't know it sounds pretty solid to me. Wow, <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> I need to have another drink. <laughs> Go ahead, pour yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got we got movement here. We got uh, we're, we're dribbling something, some kind of a clear fluid. <laughs> Wow. Again, wow.
1: You're batting a thousand today, I'm buddy. doing really good. Wow.
0: I'm feeling really good, man. Well, at least
1: it's not the yellowish one coming out of your ears. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so enough heat has been applied to the, to the must to allow uh, some compounds to evaporate. And it's just going through the cooling process and ending up in a nice cup. We will not... These are the first ones, so I will not be drinking them.
0: This is the one that makes you go blind? Yeah, it's the one that makes you go blind. Okay, don't drink that one. Got it. It can also it. be used to take na- nail polish off. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. Um, so probably don't use it on your whiteboard either. I use it on my whiteboard. Oh, yeah? It smells all nice. Does it like take... Doesn't it take... Isn't there like a film on the whiteboard that it eats or something like that? It takes off want? the
1: marker. I use it in my garage. Oh,
0: okay. Cool. <laughs> right on. Um... people don't read terms and conditions largely because it's we've already covered that I just said I just said lawyers need I'm reading my notes again lawyers need to be kept in check they also need to be held accountable for the system they've created in which only they can succeed wow that's a that's a conspiracy theory that's some some you look like you might agree with me there
1: No, so there's a rule. The the, lawyers argue law; they aren't law. That's the difference? Lawyers don't make law. Yeah. So judges alone reserves that right.
0: Judge Dredd you keep talking. I am the law. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I'm sorry. Continue, (laughs) Matt. You're crazy today. Are I You know. okay? No, I'm did doing. Did your good. wife
1: not talk to you today?
0: No, no, no. She she gave like me a... she gave me a honey do list. I did a lot of laundry today. <laughs> so maybe I've been inhaling laundry detergent. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like she beat you. Wouldn't talk to you. Like, no, I'm not <laughs> talking to you. So you go out and talk to somebody else. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm just messing with you. Up. But uh, no, uh, when it comes to the laws, is that judges create law in the sense that they create precedent. The, yes, so people submit bills to Parliament, people, elected officials and people, because you have private members bill that can be presented before Parliament. Then it goes to the Senate for review, sober second thought. Then the Governor General rubber stamps it and it gets the Senate into law. The laws are, the true test of a law is when it goes before court, especially the Supreme Court, Whereas then, several judges are brought together and they vote on it to see where they want to go. Most most things are are um, unanimous decisions, but some are split decisions. Mm -hmm. And the thing, the Jordan decision is is probably the biggest one in recent times. Where anything that's over what eighteen months uh, is automatically thrown out of court.
0: Oh really? Okay. What happens when, like, special interest groups and lobbyists and stuff, they start influencing, like, like they, get, they try and get their fingers into those pots, right? No, the only,
1: the only ones they, have, they can they really mess with is anything that's in
0: Parliament. After that... So they don't get involved in the bill submission process of, boom. like, influencing what gets thrown on a bill? Oh, they can. Yeah, they can
1: try it. Yeah. S.E.A.'s tried that. And exactly. They, and they failed miserably. Yeah. Spectacularly failed.
0: Well, yeah. Ever. I mean, if there hadn't been such a and lobbyists- massive uh, news, um, what do you want to call it, uh, media campaign against the whole thing, I mean, they might, who knows, maybe they might have got away with it if it hadn't been, I would not say if it hadn't been for uh, Wilson Raybould, but like...
1: Oh well, there's a journalist that broke the story. I don't want credit to credit her. That's right.
0: You're yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I think there's ways that she made a mess of the situation, but Yeah. Um now she's gone she's gone back to her writing and gone She went private. She went private. She went independent. Yeah. So how do you know to switch cups here cuz these are now two different solutions, right? Or two different components? Well, the
1: Things come off at different times. At different
0: times, okay. So, ha- so you time it?
1: Yeah, I got a timer. So you, I use a timing method because this still doesn't have a thermometer. So you essentially the compounds in, in fraction distilling. Uh, if you're opening your textbook from like grade 10, um, fraction distilling, what happens is that if you have a blend of, let's say, alcohol and water, and the solution will absorb uh, the temper- uh, heat and energy... Until the alcohol, which has the lower boiling point, can evaporate. Okay. And then it goes through the tube of cooling process and then recondenses into uh, alcohol. Because this is a really a... There's lots of different compounds in this solution. Right. Uh, you'll have to do it a couple of times to get a really pure system that like go through the distiller. Cool. But I don't want that. I'm just trying to pull off the uh, uh, an alcohol and water complex, which makes essentially brownie, brandy or cognac or... Yeah. So, we want to take off the heads, which is there's a lot of volatile compounds that happen before the hearts. So, these are both heads? Is no, that what you're no saying? No, this the, is, the, the, this is the, first one's, the first one's heads.
0: Oh, the first one's heads. And, and I don't the have second a second one. What's coming out of it now?
1: There's the transition between heads and hearts.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Okay, cool.
1: And you'll know, like, you're, when you smell them, you'll know the different that there's a, a distinct smelling and difference.
0: Like oh, I'm, I'm sure you've explained this, but I have a hard time listening and understanding everything you say. When you go into science mode, but the the difference here being is there's just different concentrations of alcohol or ethanol or whatever. Or yes, and basically? yes, and yes. Okay.
1: So, but there's other compounds in there. Okay. So the nasty ones come off first. Yeah. Got it. So we call those heads, okay. and it's just a bush term that describes that these are coming out
0: first. I'm, I'm good with bush terms. Okay. Remember, I'm rocks. And then there's hearts,
1: <laughs> which is the middle part. Okay, good. The heart of what's going on. To get to the heart of the issue.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Okay? That's the stuff you you want, you want to be in your, in your... to mix. All right. And then there are tails. There's little alcohol, lots of water, don't taste so great. Okay. So you can... But there is a little bit of alcohol... In the in the tails, and you can reprocess that. Yeah. So this okay, I see. So when at the beginning you saw me add a bunch of wine, and then a little bit of that con- the remaining container. Yeah. Yeah. Heat. So uh, once you've done this, I'll pull out some from my other day. Oh yeah. I got I got a bottle.
0: Oh nice.
1: So cool. once you're done, your uh...
0: man, you went crazy with all this winemaking. I'm looking at your your cellar here, and it's just like I don't know. You've got at least a hundred plus bottles maybe 200 bottles this is nuts 300 bottles holy mix of red and white and you got some really good stuff and you got some of the costco brand yeah. stuff too yeah and it's I, like it's I, you show me how to make it it's super easy i don't know why everybody doesn't do it but got it's I gotta, just I gotta, time it's an investment of time and 14. you got this giant and it looks like an in it looks like a what do you call it a dreidel uh, and it well well yeah that too <laughs> I was thinking about like an inflatable balloon. It's kind of what it looks like to me. True. You could true. like take off in that thing. The the fast fermenter. And that's, you said 14... 14 gallon. gallons. yeah.
1: Of, I made uh, dandelion wine.
0: So you went out and picked dandelions. Yeah, three of us. And then you just mashed them all together and made wine out of that. Explain that. You did explain that to me, but for the listeners, explain why make wine out of dandelions? Um, There's a history behind it.
1: Well, it used to be a common practice. Uh, if you think about it, though, what in the spring? What what did people have
0: to make drinks out of? Because the fruits aren't available yet. Water poisoned you because they didn't have a way of filtering it. <laughs> no, they 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 did, they did. But <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it was called go to the nearest creek or whatever that had. A natural filtering process. No, a little more evolved. Mountain that. water. Uh, like,
1: what what kind of fruit do we have? What can we bring to the picnic? Yeah, like in the so, very
0: beginning of spring, nothing's grown. Exactly. So, so
1: my dad was telling me about how they would uh, people would pick dandelions and make wine out of them. So I just started
0: researching the process.
1: And that's awesome. So I'm just switching the cups
0: out. Okay, I'll uh, move the mic so that way. We... <laughs> Are you just switching the cups? Oh, I thought you were gonna go over there. Oh, oh careful! I'll explain what you're doing while you're walking away from your microphone. What's this? You got in your hands. Ooh, you got a bottle of Blue Label. No, that's the, that's the Shine. Oh, this is Shine. This does not look like Blue Label. <laughs> it's too clear. <laughs> it's too clear. Holy, wow! So, um,
1: what did you have to? What did you have to make wine out of? Weeds. Well, well, it's we, a weed, we, right? It is a weed, but let's just think about it. In like, Asia, it's a uh, dandelion root. It's a diuretic. It's a cure for a couple of different things, they say. Really? Um,
0: That's pretty impressive.
1: So what do you, What could you do with it? We already eat in, in spring mix. There's dandelion li- uh, leaves in it. Yep. But what's really interesting is, is that the, the, the petals themselves, um, the yellow part, once you take away all the green... Doesn't smell smell like dandelion anymore?
0: I don't even know what dandelion smells like.
1: So what we did is we we, we must have we picked like I swear ten pounds, maybe less, five pounds of of uh, the the dandelion yellows.
0: Okay,
1: and then that's a lot I of work. Boil, I, work, I boiled it. Well, you can't make t- fruit growing trees. You have to wait. Dandelions are the first thing to sign of spring. Yeah, bees are eating them everywhere. And then I boiled them, and I made a tea. Hmm. And that tea smelled like... Honey. Corn and honey.
0: Really? That's kind of cool.
1: And I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. So I added sugar, because I got lots of sugar, and sugar is cheap. Mm-hmm. And then I added some yeast. And I added some uh, wildflowers to it. I got some... um, uh, honeysuckle flowers that I added to it. I ferment, uh, then ferment. I boiled those and added them in, and and added a bit of uh, raisins and some uh, yeast nutrient to make sure that there's enough nutrients because we just had sh- flowers and sugar. It's not like yeah. fruit where there's a lot more. There's more nutrition there. And you want to give the yeast variety, and it boiled <laughs> like something crazy. Oh yeah. So what I'll do is I will. If you don't mind cloudy wine, I will go get you a sample.
0: Sure. Let's try it. Let's give it a try. Dandelion wine. I've never had it before. So he's going over to his hot air balloon. He's unscrewing the top of it, and it is now deflating and hurtling down towards the earth. This is actually, he's very delicate about this process. Now it's full of this liquid. Too good. <laughs> you need a ladle. This one's got whiskey sterile. It's got still. It's sterile. <laughs> it's full of whiskey. <laughs> drop. Yeah, don't drop my whiskey glass. In. Oh, it's your whiskey glass. I thought I brought my own for a second there. <sighs> that's kind of cool.
1: No, if you want to walk over here.
0: Okay, can I bring the mic? No. No. no oh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's no, okay. The berries are. Po- you put poison berries in my dandelion wine. You're about to serve to me. You put. Okay, so you put berries and honeysuckle into this. No, there's no berries. Oh. Okay. The honeysuckle flower going to poison. Oh. Okay. It smells okay. It smells neat. Ooh, it's very sweet. That's pretty good. It's chewy. Well, it's because you got a flower. I think I ate a petal. It just smells like regular wine. Like white wine. Sweet, sweet white wine. Almost like an ice wine.
1: I took no berries. Ultra low carbon footprint.
0: Ultra low carbon footprint.
1: I took them off my front lawn and added water to it.
0: Oh, dandelions grow super fast too, and like they grow within. They're like, you cut your grass, and then they're back up the following day. That is quite good. Very well done, whiskey. We should we should add that. We should uh, we should put that as part. We could sell it. <laughs> Not in Ontario, though. <laughs> I have to do a contract with LCBO. So is this hearts that you've got pouring out, or yeah. is this more? T- because, okay, I see. Now, we're making brandy here. Mm-hmm. What exactly is it we're drinking? The stuff that's left over in this device? If you buy cheap, uh, high-priced vinegar,
1: like basama vinegar from the store, yeah. you're going to eat the leftovers. Because they use wine must to sweeten their vinegars. Okay. Um, We talked about vinegar before, but anyways, um, so we're actually, we're going to be drinking the stuff in the cups.
0: Oh, we're going to be drinking the stuff in the cups, but not the one that makes you go blind. Just not the one that gold makes you go blind. Mm, Okay. Please, because we've got like, they're not red solo cups, they're like gold solo cups. (laughs) Please don't shuffle them around like a magician. I'm going to be very disappointed with you. (laughs) Let's play fucking Russian roulette. Which one will make you go blind? <laughs> no, this is
1: this is not like you're sniffing like 15 different kinds of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. This is like the, you'll if you lay them all out, you will know because the one that smells like heads is like one's gasoline, the other one's whiskey.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right on.
1: And we got the, we got the commercial grade whis- uh shine behind you. If you want to compare it.
0: Commercial grade shine. Be- yeah. Oh, okay.
1: From the straight.
0: Oh yeah, the uh, that PEI whiskey. Sh- oh, that's shine. Yeah. Well, you've got the straight whiskey, S T R I A T. Or sorry, S T R A I T. Apparently, I drank too much dandelion wine. <laughs> um, and then you've got lightning, which is it looks what is that seventy five? Yeah. Seventy five. Seventy five percent. 150 proof. That's Jesus. Right on.
1: So well, here we are.
0: Did we? Uh, did we finish our talk on on how not to get screwed by lawyers?
1: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> make your own shines. Make it yourself.
0: And- yeah, just <laughs> make your own alcohol and forget the lawyers exist. <laughs> well,
1: drinking is a coping strategy, isn't
0: it? It is. It can be.
1: All right, finish your,
0: take your whiskey. Okay. Oh, we're trying your your white lightning. Did we cover everything? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I hope not. We gotta... well, I wrote something here about uh, how when we started recording last time, we got talking about the NSA and Edward Snowden. And then that's when your computer shut down.
1: Oh, I can't. Remember that inversion?
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That's what we were going to talk about with Ed Snowden. We were talking about uh, whistleblowers uh, in particular, and how you know they they tried to call call the system out that was screwing people over, and uh, and they thought that they were going to be protected by you know whatever act was. I don't know if you can call it an act, no. but it was like a promise set out by the um, then-executive powers under Obama saying they were going to protect all whistleblowers, and then now look where he's at, right? Still in isolation in Russia. Not in isolation, but he's still being protected.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, it, like, when you when you violate an agreement, you sign on to do certain things, you need to be prepared to, to say either I quit or I don't. But if you want to make a statement, and there's ways to make a statement, whistleblowing is there's a sometimes there's a process behind it, and if you exhaust it at all, then all for. It. But I mean, being loyal to your ideals has risks, my friend. Yeah. So I mean, Julian Assange is is, is another one who's you know he's part of WikiLeaks. He, Everybody thinks he's a hero, but um, yeah, you know, I don't know
0: what to make about these these when you, types. When you put when you put
1: other lives at risk, risk doesn't make it better.
0: Sorry, say that again.
1: When you put lives at risk, doesn't make it better. There's yeah, ways to I, do I leaking to, that still protects the content of your documents. Yeah, and operations that are going ongoing because the government may not be perfect, and we, let's face it, and there's no perfect government, Yeah, it doesn't mean you put all their work at risk.
0: I've had, sorry to interrupt you, I've had conversations about similar things with friends too, just like, do you think, or how, how do I ask the question, is based on what the government knows and what the people know who put the government in power, do you think that there are things that the people shouldn't know? That they should be protected from certain knowledge.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Like what? Should they be, like well, bad actors or something like that who are trying to overthrow your country from within?
1: Okay. Well, let, let, let's use that logic thread. So the way I would look at it, yeah, sure. <clears throat> like, let's say there's, let's say there's uh, terrorist organizations working in Canada.
0: And there are. And there are. We just don't know really anything about them, and it's probably in the interest of, well, we let's do, call it operational security, it's best that we don't know.
1: Well, let, let's look at it from a taxpayer base. Do I want them out of the system?
0: Yes. I want them exposed but, and confined but to... just keep in mind, they're also citizens. Okay.
1: All right. So as soon as we start trampling on citizen rights, we have other problems.
0: You don't. Uh, you don't audit, like when you're engaged in terrorist acts, and we can prove it. Prove that you're engaged in terrorist acts. We don't just like label label you as a traitor and revoke any rights you have as a citizen. Probably not a smart idea. Why not? You Why can't your, we do that? Because you get your ass sued. Because <laughs> the rule of law. <laughs> like what happened with uh, Frank, what's Omar his name? Kidier. Omar Khadr. Yeah. Oh my god! Here's
1: a silly, different story. It is a
0: very different story. It's completely different situation.
1: Like when when you start, you know, just randomly prosecuting things, um, it becomes problematic. Um, Sometimes when you get whiff of a terrorist cell, you the it's an evolving situation. What
0: the? It's moving. Oh, you've leaned it against the device, and it's and you got shit on the floor. It'll smell nice down here. Yeah. It's gonna smell like roses. I think it floated a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You got some on the floor and it started floating on the floor. The cup. Yeah, heavier cup. Red solo cup. Doesn't do the trick. Let's have a party. There you go, that should be it. Just put it on a drier surface. Friction. There's no friction. Coefficient of friction is now higher. Yes. No longer hydroplaning. See, I could use science sometimes. But you see how
1: it's (laughs) dripping now instead of a a steady go? Yeah. That means the substance is actually changing. Oh, cool. So now we're probably at the tail end of the batch. Okay. And probably at this one here, we'll start smelling like water.
0: Okay. Okay. Right on.
1: So anyways, if we just acted, we may not be able to gather all the information that we wanted. And building a complete case so you you want to pull the the basically uh legal trigger by arresting them yeah when you're ready to do it you You want to do it on your term you want to
0: follow the ant back to the to the nest you want to make
1: sure you have enough evidence to make it stick in case one charge fails you might want a couple other charges to make it stick right i see
0: so they throw as many charges as they can and see what sticks And
1: make sure they have enough evidence. So some of us, we know he's doing it, but we only
0: have a couple small things to prove it. Because again, the lawyers get involved and they spend inordinate amount of time protecting people who we can prove probably shouldn't be protected. They're still citizens. I get it. No, I get it. Don't mess with citizen rights. I get it. I realize as the words were coming out of my mouth that it was very dangerous thinking. We can't start turning this into some sort of totalitarian regime where we just arbitrarily decide who gets to go to prison and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. No, I get it. I completely agree with you. There has to be processes. I get it. That's fine. It's just, it's interesting when we're talking about a situation like, say, with Ed Snowden or whatever, um when you would think that they're advocating on the behalf of the people right um and and what happens to them right what look what happens to them and it seems i mean i don't have the whole story and the way in which he released information to the public or to news organizations or what have you um i don't know like It's it's I don't know the full the full details of the situation, but you know he's almost portrayed as some kind of a Robin Hood nowadays on on a lot of different media, like to the extent where I heard in an interview with uh, Tulsi Gabbard, she's a Democrat. Oh, change the cup. Uh, She's a Democrat um, running for presidency Mm -hmm. uh, in the upcoming election, and I think she's a Democrat from Hawaii something like that she said uh she would um immediately uh bring him back into the country and acquit him of everything he's been accused of or charged of. what do you got? what did you try is that a is that a heart? don't touch that one you got them all out? I told you you played fucking magician with the cups. <laughs> What does that smell like? Brandy. I don't know what brandy smells like. I'm I'm trying to place in my head what that actually It's got a bitter sweet smell to it. More bitter than sweet though. It's very smooth. It's like butter. If I go blind, I swear to Christ. (laughs) Please stop playing. No, I'm not drinking that one. I know that this... ah, Jesus Christ. That hit me. (laughs) That was like a punch in the face. Do you think you're going to mix it up? No. Frig. My body just said,
1: nope. Yeah, see? Not going to mix up hearts and heads. (sighs) Yeah, no kidding.
0: That was potent (laughs) shit, man.
1: See? Fire starter and whiteboard cleaner. (laughs) You can run a small engine on that thing.
0: (laughs) Anyway. uh, Comments? No, I think we're good there. Yeah? All right.
1: Holy, come on. Finish it already. Playing with it.
0: You're supposed to sip it. You're supposed to enjoy it. Man up. No. (laughs) It's called being a professional. (laughs)
1: okay we gotta use a culture this time this stuff will eat the finish Mm. there sound effect if you can man that one then if you can man that
0: one (laughs) listen mr toxic masculinity (laughs) simmer down look at your bottle oh really wow that table can't handle shit It's got a distinct moonshiny smell to it that I'm all too familiar with in my youth. <laughs> I know a guy who, uh, I had a couple of friends who made moonshine. Um, I can't remember exactly the process that they used. <laughs> I can't remember the name. Well, no, I wasn't there. I wasn't there for it. They're in my buddy's uh, garage or whatever. And uh, I think at one point, like they were. I don't know if they use like horse feed or something like that to make it. Yeah, I think it was horse feed they were using. And at one point, uh, one of the guys, after they had been kind of, they were drinking all day while they're making this thing. And when they finally had the finished product or whatever, um, they were all sipping it a little bit. And one guy got up, took like five steps, and then crashed headfirst into his lawnmower. This stuff was potent.
1: Just just because it's cheap doesn't mean you drink all of it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's not bad.
1: No, when you age it,
0: you add different kinds of flavors to it. Yeah, yeah. and then you make whiskey. Well, Well, whiskey, you distill it down even further to lower the alcohol content and stuff, right? No. Because. No. What? Whiskey is made from grains. Yes. Okay, so what is this made from?
1: Wine. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Well, it's, it's the exact same it's stuff. It's the same stuff, okay.
0: Same process. So you're going to add one of those cups to that solution, to that bottle that you got? Is it the same stuff or no?
1: Well, I could. I could add, mix whatever, number of things. Right. So what I've I've mixed brandy with wildflowers before and sugar, and people like that because it's unique. You can't buy things like that in the store. Mm-hmm. Um... But uh, yeah, this is just nature normal brandy hmm. before they put in a, uh, a, uh, a cask and age it and give it color and yeah,
0: it's pretty good. How long have we been recording? About an hour now. About an hour? We should probably like cut it. We could probably cut it around there. Um, uh, how do we? How do we finish? Like, how do we summarize what we've been talking about?
1: Well, today we talked about contracts and and, and how to protect yourself we talked about uh reading for not for the sake of reading but to protect yourself and lower your risk
0: i would just say fuck lawyers drink wine
1: <laughs> spoken like a true academic <laughs> and until
0: next week i'm whiskey and i'm rocks have a good week cheers Hey everyone, Rox here. The song you're currently listening to is Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. Uh, it was ironic and fortuitous that this song came on the radio about the same night we were making Brandy. Um, but overall, it's just a fantastic song. I'm sure most people listening to it probably heard it from popular media like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you know, where Kurt Russell referred to Brandy as possibly Earth's Finest Composition. Um, singer songwriter Elliot Lurie later gave an interview to the New York Post in response, stating, Uh, far from it. I thought that was funny. Uh, anyway, so uh, for new listeners, you can like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your drip fed dosage of whiskey and rocks. You can also look uh, look for the uh, 320 Club on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or on Spotify, YouTube. Um, not really, but we kind of are. Uh, And we're always on the lookout for more ways to expand. If you're interested, you can help us expand by writing us a review on Facebook. In addition to some of those other platforms I mentioned, we basically get around by word of mouth at this point. So tell your friends if you like what you're listening and like what you're listening to and like what you're hearing. Uh, And feel free to get involved in the conversation. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more 320
1: Club.